The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to Hale Varsity Radio. Powered by Currency. It's coffee and cream in the morning, and we continue our Big Ten Whip now. On the phone, Pete DiPremio. He provides coverage of Hoosier basketball. Pete, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, good to talk to you again, Pete. How are you? I am well. The weather's uh, cool, gray, but uh, that's, the Hoosiers were on a roll for a while, and then it got complicated once Big Ten started. So we shall see what happens uh, tomorrow night. <laughs> hey, listen. So, folks in Nebraska figured this out. Maybe the Indiana knows now too. The House of Horrors in Piscataway for hoops is a real thing. Quietly, that is not a nice place to play. Oh, you are absolutely right. They, they, they're something like ten and three against ranked teams at home yeah. in the last you know couple of years. There, they've been. Uh, um, I know they upset Purdue when Purdue was number one last year undefeated. They upset them uh, uh, their Big Ten opener. Um, they just play really, really tough. They're they're hard nosed. They're aggressive. They control the offensive rebounding. Um, yeah, so it is a tough place to play. And uh, IU learned that lesson. They already lost. Uh, they've lost now six straight times with Rutgers. So you'd think they would have learned that lesson, but maybe they needed one more. You saw what Nebraska did to Creighton this past weekend too. They're coming in on a high, looking to play spoiler first at Indiana and then possibly at Purdue. But when it comes to prep, how is Indiana preparing for a squad that really has a different player getting hot uh, on any given night? I know, yeah, I know Nebraska has, what, five double-figure scorers, like four guys have scored 20 points in a game, four guys have had double-doubles in a game. So um, they just have to defend everybody. They can't just, you know, target one person. I know Derek Walker, but uh, they have, which they have prided themselves on, and, and just uh, they'll, they'll mostly play man-to-man. They'll play aggressive. They'll, they'll play uh, tenaciously. Well, hopefully, I guess from my youth perspective, Um but yeah, with the, with the the ability to hit threes and go inside, this is not the um, this is a far different Nebraska team. I, I know this is what they've been shooting for. So any uh, it will help certainly that uh, IU is going to be playing at home. So Pete, let me tell you something. Let me ask you something. I know about the front court. I listen, Trace Jackson Davis. He's the real deal. He probably should have an anachronism. We should just probably call him TJD or mm-hmm. whatever he is in Bloomington, right? Race Thompson, quietly, old school, low post, right? I mean, the Dan Dockages of the world are like gushing. But between Cop and Shafino, how important, and Xavier Johnson, who almost was a Husker, as you know, how much does right. that backcourt matter when you look at the long-term trajectory of this basketball team? Well, the back the backcourt matters quite a bit uh, uh, until Rutgers. Xavier Johnson was playing probably as well as any guard in the Big Ten. Then life got complicated for him. Um, then Jalen Hutchinson did not play against uh, um, uh, uh, last week be- or, or in the last game because he had back spasms. 
So he wasn't at the, he was at the Rutgers game, but he didn't play. So they missed him. Um, and then Miller Cop played the game of his, well, I don't know, say necessarily save a life, but uh, one of his better games at I one point, he was like five or seven from three point range. So he, he is a big factor. Um, and then they've got some freshmen coming in. So they have been balanced. Um, they had like uh, nine guys play significantly, nine guys contribute. Um, but that did not happen against Rutgers. Uh, and a big part of it, beyond some struggling from the shooting standpoint, was uh, rebounding. Rutgers dominated them on the boards, which uh, Mike Woodson said should not have happened. Will Jalen hood Shafino be back for this game? Uh, it, it's unclear. IU has not announced anything. Um, so, I, uh, you know, back spasms, if, if, if he's good to go. I, I know he had that problem in high school, but they didn't think it was going to be a long-term problem. Um, they certainly could use him and, and would use him, um, uh, you know, tomorrow night. He's not, he hasn't, he's had moments where he shot well. He shot very well against North Carolina. He had like 14 points and, and was very efficient. Um, but he's, he's like six, seven, he's long. He doesn't play like a freshman, which is why he's a co point guard, um, with, with the veteran Xavier Johnson. So, um, he's a real factor, but it's unclear whether he'll be playing. So, let me, let me ask you something. In, in 2022-2023 college basketball, maybe basketball in general, can IU be who they want to be playing through the post, through the front court, without being as consistent as you'd like from behind the arc? They have to have both. They have to shoot well, and that's been a big priority. That's been a problem for them in the last six years. They have not shot well from three-point range and have not shot well from the line. Now, until, until the Rutgers game, they were, they were shooting well from the line and they were shooting well from three-point range. So they, they have to have both. Um, the Rutgers took uh, Jackson Davis away for the most part. He ended up with a double-double, but uh, it was a hard-earned double-double. Yeah, only really, 11 field goal attempts, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they doubled him. Uh, not only did they double him well, which other teams have done and denied that, but they also defended the three-point uh, arc very well. So other than Miller Cop, and then some of it, you know, some of it was they defended well. Some of it was IU was missing shots. But Miller Cop was like five for seven. Or seven I, mean, I think it was five for nine, and everybody else was like one for sixteen. So that can't that, that can't happen. But otherwise, I'm sure Nebraska and everybody will just pack it in. Force IU will beat them from the outside, and IU's going to have to hit those shots. So I know you know you know Renault and and Geronimo uh, obviously getting minutes without Shafino, but you can easily, Indiana can easily play eight guys more than 10, 12 minutes a game. Do you like this team's depth as they're trending into Big Ten play? Oh, yeah. I mean, they really have two separate, you know, two complete units that, uh, again, before Rutgers, uh, the, you could argue in some ways the second unit was as, as effective as the first unit. So they have plenty of depth. They have guys who can make a difference. Um, and they had been showing that. Until Rutgers, so basically we'll, we will determine partly with you know tomorrow them playing at home against Nebraska, whether Rutgers was an anomaly or that's the way it's going to be in the Big Ten. You know that's a great point there. Can quick follow up to that point because I I was sitting back here listening to what you were saying and was thinking, man, was that loss to Rutgers just a fluke or did you notice or did it present rather any noticeable noticeable flaws that this team will need to address going forward? Well, the, the one big flaw uh, was the uh, rebounding and the way Rutgers controlled the offensive rebounds, and that was from the, the opening tip. Yep. 
So they control the offensive rebounds. They out-rebounded IU overall. That for sure can't happen. So even if you're not shooting well, um, obviously if they're getting offensive rebounds and, and, and get you know second-chance points, but that did not happen. And again, they IU had been doing all that. Even you know they played at Xavier, which is a very good team and in a very hostile environment, and they won that 81-79. So they showed a lot of toughness and grit there that did not manifest itself against Rutgers. So um, you know we'll see. But I'd say you know rebounding, they have to rebound better. It's interesting. I'm just this is why I, I like stats as a baseline, but I'm notorious here locally for the last 15, 20 years of doing this. I don't like stats in a vacuum, and I see nine assists, and you're thinking, oh, okay, that's more than 50% on field goals made, but you want to shoot better than 17 of 56 from the field. Nebraska's playing some drop coverage, they are very good handling ball screens. You are a front court heavy team. Is there a way that IU has to play offensively with the way Nebraska plays defensively that you think will be advantageous? Well, one thing I noticed is Nebraska tends to, when they play defense, they don't foul a whole lot. So Nebraska is getting to the line and uh, the opponents are not. Um, well, you know, with IU's perspective, they're scoring a lot of points in the paint. They had like 50 points in the paint against uh, North Carolina. That was not all from just uh, Trace Jackson Davis. That's oh, I know. <laughs> so, so, so they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to spread the floor. They're going to have to uh, hit some outside shots, and they're going to have to attack the rim. Uh, certainly, if they can get their fast break going and get in transition, um, you know, and beat Nebraska to the point there, they will try to do that. But you got to rebound. You got to rebound. So that it all circles back to rebounding. But they like to play fast. They like to push the tempo. Um, and we will see if they can do that against Nebraska as they did not do against Rutgers. Pete DiPremio on the phone right now. Give him a follow. It's at P. DiPremio on Twitter. He is our Indiana Hoosiers basketball insider here. Pete, you know, kind of just uh, an off-topic question here. When I was doing my research on your background, it said you wrote children's books. Um, <laughs> can, can you tell yeah. me, like, what your favorite children's book was to write? Um. Uh, the Emperor Nero, um, who was, uh, he, he led a, a very intense life. <laughs> and when I talked to the publisher about that, they go, you understand that there's some nasty things. And uh, they said, okay, because the, the children's book was uh, like middle school age, like 10 to 14 age group. Um, so not only was, was Nero had some issues, but his father was a psychopath and his mother was a psychopath. And um, so his father was assassinated. And his mother uh, married her uncle and then killed him so Nero could take oh. her <laughs> anyway, That was all part of the children's book. So. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Send us that book. We'll give it a read. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, I'm sure we don't have enough time, but it's an interesting way on Nero ended up taking out his mother. And he did it sort of like a James Bond type way. But again, that would take probably too long than, than what you got there. <laughs> right. Hey, Pete, I want to get you out of here on this. Speaking of happy endings versus not happy endings, given how Woodson was hired versus what's happening now, do you get the sense this is going to be a happy ending for a guy that was a little maligned during the hiring process? Yes, I do. I mean, I, I really I really think, you know, he's the right guy. He's recruiting well. Um, they've got a good offense. They've got a good defense. Got a great um, staff. What's that? you got a great staff. Yes, the staff is there. I, I mean, it, everything is in place for success. Uh, the goal is to win the Big Ten and not just win the Big Ten. And, and uh, 
The fact that Trace Jackson Davis came back, that got everybody pumped that this could be, you know, a, a, not just a Big Ten championship team, but a national championship team. So that's what they're targeting. You know, obviously um, losing the Rutgers hurt, but you got to figure as tough as a Big Ten, you got to figure 15 and 5 or 16 and 4 is going to win the Big Ten. So nobody's going to be undefeated. And, um, and we'll see what happens. But yes, Mike seems to be the right guy at the right time. Mm. Pete Premio, we appreciate you. Thanks so much. Enjoy the day. Thank you, guys. You take care. Thanks, Pete. And thank you all out there for joining us this morning. We'll see you tomorrow on Coffee and Cream, powered by Currency.